Welcome to the Linked Up Church Podcast. We are passionate about connecting people to God, family, purpose, and community. Today, Pastor Joel Gregory delivers the final installment of his Power Pack series, Choose Life. Get your pen and your pad ready. Let's go into the worship center and hear what God has for us today. All right, let's conclude today, Choose Life Part 3. I looked up some statistics prior to uh, closing us out today, and in psychology today, do you all know that the average person makes about 35,000 decisions a day? That's a lot of decisions, 35,000 uh, $35, decisions per day. That averages out to about 2,000 decisions per hour. So think about that. All day, every day, we are making choices. And if you listen to it through the context of what's been shared with you, all of those choices are taking us either towards life or they're taking us towards death. And so let's read our foundation text for today in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 15 through 20. We know this is an expository sermon, so all of the points are coming out of this text. It says here, now listen, today I am giving you a choice between life and death, between prosperity and disaster. For I command you, I'm giving you this charge or this order this day to love the Lord your God and to keep his commands and decrees and regulations and, and by walking in his ways. He said, if you do this, you will live and multiply and the Lord your God will bless you and the land you are about to enter and occupy. But if your heart turns away and you refuse to listen, and if you are drawn away to serve and worship other gods, then I warn you, and I warn you now that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live a long, good life in the land you are crossing the Jordan to occupy. So today, I am giving you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice that you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants or your children might live. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying him, and committing yourself firmly to him. I love this statement here. This is the key to life, and we're going to look at that uh, today. Now, if anyone, like, like if Bill Gates told you he's going to give you the key to financial wealth, how many of y'all would listen? Yeah. Raise your hand if you would really listen, right? Most would listen. How many of y'all would actually do what he's instructing you to do, right? I remember many years ago, there was a guy named Peter Daniels. Does anyone recognize that name? He was the richest man in Australia, and he was brought over to do a, a conference. And I just never forget uh, what he said, right? He literally said, and I, I wonder, I wish I could really know if this was true. He said only 1% of the people in that room listening would ever walk in what he was sharing. And that was just interesting to me, right? And I can remember making a conscious choice in my mind, how do I get in that 1%, right? Because that's like what you want to be, right? If you're sitting here listening to someone who is the wealthiest man in his entire country, don't you think we want to pay attention to that? But guess what? God has more wealth than he does. I need a little bit better amen in this, right? And so if the God who gave Peter Daniels the wealth is telling you this is the key to life, don't you think we should pay attention to that? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Right? 
not just listen to it, but really seek to, to, to see how do I apply that to my life. And you'll have that opportunity today. He said, this is the key to your life. And if you love, and that is if you love and obey the Lord, you will live long in the land uh, the Lord swore to, your, to give to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so we know Moses is at the end of his life. He's not allowed to cross over into the promised land because he didn't fully obey God, but he's right at the edge of it. And so he knows what's waiting for them over on the other side. And I just want to encourage someone's heart today. If you really get this, there is a promised land waiting for you on the other side of your uh, obedience, which really is the fulfillment of everything that God placed in your heart. And so God will never, just like good parents, God will never make this journey difficult for you. He will always make it something that you can achieve, not just achieve, but achieve at a real high level if you'll just listen to him. I'm telling you, you have a wonderful promised land waiting on you. And the difference between getting there and not getting there is just two things, whether you obey God or whether you disobey God. So remember, obedience activates the blessing, and disobedience activates the curse, right? So what we've looked at up to this point, again, all of these points came right out of that text. We looked at point number one, love God. Point number two, walk, live in his ways. Point number three, keep his commandments, decrees, regulations. Point number four, the process of moving away from God, which is where we left off at. Let's talk about today how to honor God. Let's pick up at point number five. How to honor God. Now, remember, the only one that can tell you how they receive honor is the individual themselves, right? Just like if you wanted to honor me, you might sit back and think, well, I want to do this for him because that will honor him. But how many know I might not receive honor that way, right? It's it's almost like my wife. If I put a post on social media, that does not honor her. She gets nothing out of that. And she will tell you that. (laughs) She will say to you, that was not, that was for them. And what you do for them is for them. What you do for me is for me. And that was interesting to me, right? And so what she was simply saying is the way she receives honor is what I do directly to and for her. Not what I put out there for other people to see. Everybody clear on that? So, of course, I said, okay, I won't post nothing else about you then. I probably did, though. (laughs) But how many know I still will? I just know that that's not really I should do that and then do what I know honors her. Does that make sense to everyone in the room? Right, because only she can tell me how she receives honor. I can't debate that. Because that's how she, who she is and the way she's wired and the way she receives honor. Like if I give her flowers for Valentine's Day, I have not honored her. Because she doesn't want flowers. So I can sit there all day long and say, I'm getting ready to go get a beautiful bouquet. And she'll look at those like, now, nah, you, you know I don't like this. I won't tell you what honors her. I just leave that between us. <laughs> I like that option anyway, right? Because for her, it's, it's about time and conversation and going out. Not leave a gift and you're gone. 
and think that's supposed to be all of that. Then you come home. Listen, guys, and you come home that night, think you gave her flowers in the morning, and you said nothing all day long. And then you, and then you tapping her at night. And she like, go get those flowers. Anybody glad they came to church today? All right, so remember, God is the only one that can define how he receives honor, right? Let's look at this, okay? How to honor God. So we honor God with our words and how we live before him. When people live and act outside of the will of the Father, listen very carefully, they are denying that they are of the Father. Now, let's look at some verses that support that. John chapter 5, verse 22 and 23, out of the New King James Version says, uh, John 5, 22, 23, New King James Version says, For the Father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the Son. This is interesting. That all should honor. That word honor means to revere or to value. The Son, just as they honor the Father. Listen to this. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. So God is saying, if you want to honor me, then honor my son. Amen. Right? So then now we have to figure out how to honor the son, right? Well, we've looked at 10, I don't know how many scriptures we've looked at, right? The way we honor Jesus is by obeying Jesus. And then the Father says, when you honor and obey him, then you've honored and obeyed me. Let's look at Matthew chapter 15, verses 8 and 9, how to honor God. Uh, out of the New Living Translation, Matthew chapter 15, 8 and 9 says this. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. So then that tells us it's very possible to sing songs, but he's nowhere in our hearts. Right, because we can memorize the words to a song, right? You can go to church long enough where you just know what to do. When to do it and how to do it. Right, and you time it perfect. But the one thing that God actually is not listening, he's, not, he's looking at the condition of your heart as you say words. So he says here, their worship is a farce. For they teach man-made ideas and commands from God. For they, it's a farce. For they teach man-made ideas as commands from God. Let's so look at number six. The choice is always and always will be between life and death, between being blessed and being cursed, right? And we would think like most people, we would think that most people would choose what? Life. And they would choose blessings and they would choose prosperity. But believe it or not, most don't. Isn't that interesting, right? Except for those that are in this room and those that are watching online. We all make the right choice. Let me get a real good amen right there, right? So let's look at a few verses here. Before the law, during the law, after the law. See, this wasn't the first time that Moses said this. Moses actually said this back in Deuteronomy chapter 11 as well. Let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 11, verses 26 through 28, out of the New Living Testament. He said here to them, look today, I am giving you the choice between a blessing 
and a curse. So now he's talking about an empowerment to succeed or prosper or an empowerment to fail or be destroyed. He said, I'm going to put something on. I'm going to give you this choice today to have one or the other. It says, you will be blessed if you obey the commands of the Lord your God that I am giving you today. But you will be cursed if you reject the commands of the Lord your God and turn away from him and worship gods that you have not known before. Okay? So really, same thing. Let's look at Mark chapter 16, verse 16. Jesus before his departure, right? Notice what he says here. I'm going to read this out of the Passion Translation. Mark chapter 16, verse 16 says, Whoever believes the good news and is baptized will be saved. And whoever does not believe the good news will be condemned. That word condemned means judged against or sentenced. So notice it's real simple between believing and not believing. Let's look at John chapter 3, verse 18. Let's read that out of the New King James Version. Uh, John chapter 3, verse 18 says, He who believes in him, Jesus, is not condemned. But he who does not believe is condemned already. Why? Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So notice, God really doesn't judge us. We judge ourselves by the choices that we make. Everybody clear on that? And usually it's just, do I believe this or don't I believe that? It's really, that's what it always boils down to. How many of y'all believe God can heal you? How many of y'all have experienced his healing in your life? How many of y'all believe God can prosper you? How many of y'all have experienced that? How many of y'all believe if you're single, God can give you a good mate? That was an interesting response right there that I'm just getting ready to go right by and move on to my next point, <laughs> right? So, so really, believe it or not, the difference between someone who manifests that and someone who doesn't is what they believe. Everybody clear? All right. Now, let's go a little further. Let's look at this is my favorite one. This is the New Testament version of everything that I've talked about up to this point. Let's look at Romans chapter 8, and we're going to read verses 1 and verse 2, okay? I'm going to make this real plain for you. He says, there is therefore now no condemnation. That means an adverse sentence. In other words, no one can bring an accusation against you when you are in Christ Jesus. Right? Because whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And when God makes you righteous, there is not no one on the planet that can take that away from you. How many of y'all believe that? Right? Right? And there's nothing you did to, to receive that but believe that he actually made you that. If you believed you worked for that or you did something to get that, then how many of y'all know you're off? Right? All you had to do was believe that and that's the truth of your life. So he says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So how do I get in Christ Jesus? The moment I accept Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior, I mean, oh, he places me in Christ, right? And so now the devil has to deal not just with me, but he, now he has to deal with the Christ in me. And how I many know he already knows how that story ended the last time he tried to mess with him, right? 
And when you start realizing that the greater one is on the inside of you, you're going to attack life with a, man, a tenacity and an enthusiasm unknown to mankind. You will go at things knowing that you cannot lose because God is for you, right? Even if you take a loss, you'll see that loss as a lesson. You'll learn from it, get better, and still come back greater than you were prior to the previous loss. It will build, it will put something on the inside of you that you will approach life with a sense of no fear. I will make it to my desired destination and I will deal with it in good fashion. Come on, somebody, and bring as many people along with me as I possibly can, right? Because I know you can't condemn me when I'm in Christ Jesus. Say what you want to say about me. Those words will fall to the ground as long as I stay in him. Right? No weapon formed against me will prosper as long as I stay in him. And every tongue that rises against me in judgment, I get the privilege to condemn that. Right? So you can talk negative and I'll talk positive about myself. You can say I'll never be nothing and I'll say I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You'll say that that situation is, is going to take me out and I'll say to you, I know I'm more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. Come on, somebody. You've you got to know who you are in him. And when life comes at you, you've got to go right back at life with the tools that he's given us to defeat that. He says, there's therefore now, now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Now, here's the key. Who walk not according to the flesh. That word walk means to live as we've been learning, right? And I'm going to tell you what that looks like. Who walk not according to the flesh. So I can't confess that if what I live is the complete opposite of being in Christ. It says who walk not after the flesh but according to the spirit. Now watch this. For the law. See, a law is a law because the, it works every single time, right? So for the law of the spirit of life. That's the blessing in the New Testament. That's what it's called. It is the law of the spirit of life. And as long as I stay in Christ Jesus, how I many know that law is going to work for me every single time? Right? Symptoms touch my body. By his stripes, I'm healed. Right? Lack comes into my life. I, I give. I honor God. And my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. Everybody clear on that, right? For the law, because that's a law, right? And people don't understand it. You literally have rights as a believer, right? So think about it. If you work 40 hours on your job and let them not give you your check. Oh, you'll be up there early that Friday morning. Come on, somebody. That deposit didn't go in that Friday morning. You will get it because you know it is your right. You put the work in, and you're supposed to get that check. Let me tell you what the difference is on this side. He put the work in and said, you deserve the check based off of what I did, not based off of what you did. Oh, I need a little better amen in this place today. All right? For the law, it's two laws now. The law of the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, notice this, has made me free from the law of sin and death. Not is making me free, not will make me free, has made me free. That's past tense. I'm not trying to stop sinning. Sin has no longer, it doesn't have dominion over my life. Hello, somebody. 
right? And the moment I awaken to that law and what's working inside of me, then I can look a cigarette straight down the barrel and say, I'm done with you today. Come on, somebody. I can look at weed straight down the barrel and say, I'm done with you today. I can go home today and look in my, 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 my cabinets and see alcohol and say, you know what? I'm done with alcohol today. I can take authority over that based off of that law right there. That law has made me free from anything that will take me away from God. I can be in a bad relationship, and I can say to them, you know what? It's nothing personal against you, but my eyes have been in light. I realize God has something more for me. God wants me to be better. Come on, somebody. I I just don't have to live like this anymore. And so I love you, and and so I'm going to pray for you, but I know God wants me to go a little higher. And you can do that. So now he said something here. He says, as long as you don't walk after the flesh. Now, we need to understand what walking in the flesh is and what walking in the spirit is, right? So if you look at it, we won't go look at all of the verses today. But in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, the scripture tells us, right, if we would walk according to the spirit, then we would not fulfill the lust that's in our flesh. Now, if we're all just being honest in here, we all have lust in our flesh. Like right now. Oh, man, let me come on. They've been saved since childbirth right over here. They came out of the womb praying in other tongues. I'm going to go over here with the folks like me, right? That's got to pray to keep stuff off of them. Come on, somebody. That's got to get in the Word to keep stuff off of them. Come on, I know if I just let my thoughts go whatever way they want to go, I'm going right along with them and going to end up doing every day lust is present in my flesh. Every day. Multiple times throughout the day. And I'm making choices. Do I want to yield to that or do I not want to yield to that? Come on, don't look at me like that. You go through the exact same thing. Right? Somebody make you upset. Do I want to cuss right now or do I just want to? Which one do I want to be right now? Anybody? Come on. Can anybody be real with me right now? We go through this all day, every day. You said what? What Which way do I want to respond to this right now? Flesh or spirit? That's all day, every day. Some of you are going to have some opportunities before you leave this building today. I promise you. Right out there in that hallway, on your way to the car, trying to get out the uh, the aisle to get out. You're going to have some opportunities, flesh or spirit. One's going to activate that law of the spirit of life. The other one's going to activate the law of sin and death. Right? And so the fruit of the spirit is what he's referring to. Love, joy, peace. Hello, somebody. So the more I develop in those, then they overcome my flesh. Right, because when I develop in love, I don't want to hurt people. Most importantly, I don't want to hurt myself or God. Does that make sense to everyone in the room? Right, but then the lust of the flesh, you'll see all of those things. I don't need to name all of them, but lasciviousness, lewdness, right, Uh, fornication, adultery, all those things, right? So he's telling you throughout the entire course of your life, these two are going to be present. But if you live over here, you won't fulfill this. So, so the opposite of that is true, too. If you don't live over here, you're going to spend your whole life fulfilling your flesh, which means I'm activating the law of sin and death, and this is why people don't live long lives. 
Everybody clear? Still glad you came to church today? Can somebody give God a real good hallelujah in this place? Right? So I, I just, I need to, this is the best way I can say it to you. I need to learn how to think and pray before I act. I got to learn how to look at a situation and back up and say, which one is this? Is this spirit or is this flesh? Right? Because it's going to activate something in my life. Right? And so just maturity. I've just learned how to do that. I see a lot of situations, but I can kind of process backwards and say, wait a minute. What is that getting ready to activate? Then I can actually think about the cost of that. Right? And so if I activate that, is that worth that, 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 and that? No. Right? But if I stay over here, I keep getting more of what I already have. I'm going to stay over here in the spirit. Everybody clear? Now, let me balance that. I mean, you know, that doesn't mean I don't make decisions based off of my flesh. We all do. Oh, see, here we go again. I said we all do. How many of y'all just in the last 24 hours? Raise your hand. Oh, I did too. Come on, raise your hand. Don't do that. Now don't do that. Right? I was sitting there, my wife and I, and there was a pound of beef brisket in front of us. And do I eat all this beef brisket or do I? So the flesh said, you paid for it. You better eat all of that beef brisket. I tore all that beef brisket up too, boy. Didn't leave nothing. Right? And then balance it the next day with water, fruit, salad, and, and peanuts. But how many of you know this is our lives all day, every day? So what you want to do, I want to just help you. You want to get to a place where let's just say you just start. Maybe 90% of your decisions right now are flesh-based. Music you listen to, friends you hang out with, places you go, stuff you do. Right? What you want to do is not condemn you. As long as you stay in Christ, he's never going to condemn you. Amen. Then you want to get to a point where now I'm making, you know, 20% better decisions than 80% flesh. So now 20% is spirit, 80% is flesh. How I many know that's progress? There's still things I haven't stopped doing, but I'm heading in the right direction. And you need to celebrate that. You don't beat yourself up and don't let the devil beat you up. Come on, somebody. You're not what you used to be. Come on, somebody. I'm, I'm moving in a direction, right? Then I get to a place where now 30% of my decisions are spirit. 70% are flesh. Right? I'm still making mistakes, but I see improvement. I can live with that, right? And if Jesus is not condemning me, then don't you condemn yourself. Right? And then you just keep growing. Right now, 40% of my decisions are spirit, 60% are flesh. Right now, I can look at my life and say 50-50. Man, 50% is still flesh. But, boy, I got to celebrate the 50 because I used to be a 10. Come on, somebody. Then that day is going to come where you're making more right decisions than you're making wrong decisions. Now it's 60-40. Come on, somebody. Then it's 70-30. Then it's 80-20. Then it's 90-10. 
And I'm just going to stay right there. I don't know if we I'll, we got to keep growing. Come on, right? I don't know if we ever get to 100% down here on earth. But how many know I'll take 90% spirit all day long, right? While still working to get to 100. I don't stop reaching, right? But boy, that's going to, I just think about that. That one right there, that one's till we leave this earth right here. Because it seems like as soon as I think I got there, something sets me off. Come on, anybody else in here willing to be honest? Situation come up and I'm like, boy, I'm not where I thought I was. <laughs> come on, anybody else in here willing to be honest, right? I'm not where I thought I was, but man, I'm not where I used to be. Can you just go ahead and thank God for where you are right now? Come on, and you're not where you used to be. Come on, celebrate that right now. Come on, give God glory, honor, praise for that. There's no condemnation in this place. Hallelujah. You are good. You're on your way. Number seven, God is so serious about this. God is serious. Look at verse 19, Deuteronomy 30, 19. I want to reread that. New Living Testament says, Today I am giving you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call heaven and earth to witness the choice that you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. Now notice here, God is a legal God, right? And so if you understand Old Testament law, Nothing could be, you could not be sentenced or given a guilty verdict by one witness. There had to be two or three witnesses in order for you to receive a guilty verdict. So what God is saying here is that I won't just witness this all by myself. I'm going to call heaven, that's all of the angels, hello somebody, and then everyone witnessing the decision that you make on earth. And that's the two witnesses needed to justify the choice that you made, all right? And see, this is why we can never get to him and say, I didn't know. Nobody ever told me, all right? Because he'll play the film back on you. He'll say, was that you sitting in that service with that white hat on, look at, look at all, with the white jacket on? Is that you right there? <laughs> Let's zoom in on that a little bit because you said that wasn't me. Wasn't me. I mean, everything you see today, God already created all of that stuff. Man is just discovering what God already created, right? So now, let's, let's, let's that, you can find that uh, verse in Deuteronomy chapter 19, verse uh, 15. We won't go look at it. I just quoted it for you. But it could not be a law unless there were two or three witnesses. If one person said you did something, you could not be given a guilty verdict unless two to three other people saw that as well, okay? So what is God saying here? God is literally so serious about this, and he's proclaiming this so emphatically that he's saying, I'm going to call this into the court of law, and I'm going to put this, I'm going to put this on the records, the choice that you make, all right? And I've got all of heaven, the angels, and all of the prophets that have gone before you witnessing the choice that you're making. Plus, everyone down there in your circle, everyone who knows the choice that you made, right? And this is going to live on the record, the choice that you made. But how many know he's such a loving God? That's what I love about him. He emphatically says, but choose life. 
How many of y'all going to choose life? Amen. You really mean that? Amen. Heaven's watching. How many of y'all going to choose life? Amen. Right. So God gives them the choice and the advice on what to choose. And that's really what any great and loving parent, any great and loving God would do, right? You're going to give your children options, right? And you're going to tell them, if you do this, all of this will be provided for you, right? But if you do this, then I'll let you have that if that's what you want, right? But the good parent, just like God, so choose this so that you can live. And then when you have a family, you'll be a greater blessing to your kids, right? So now watch this. The reason we don't have, and I'm not talking color here, I'm talking Christians. The reason we don't have old money is because we're not passing nothing to the next generation. Every generation is called new money because we didn't pass anything along, right? And so what we should be telling them is when you continue to obey God, you continue to obey your parents. We're going to do all this for you and set you up this way. Right? And now they have a responsibility when they have their family to take everything you left them, everything they built, hello somebody, and then train that next generation. Amen. Then before you know it, you got money, generational wealth, four generations of it. You get four generations of wealth. Come on, somebody said it's on and popping. Did she just say that in church? She said, it's on and popping. Can you say that in church? Is that like the new amen? She said, it's on and popping, Pastor. We're going to make that the new amen. So from now on, don't say amen anymore. Just say, it's on and popping. <laughs> Let's wind this down. Obedience to God's commands will always include a blessing, right? I want you to think about normal human nature, right? It's, it's my right hand is, is quick to get to my right pocket. It's like when, when, when your children, anybody you've asked to do something for you, and they do it the way you asked them to do it, what is your natural response? Love on them, right? Right? Is that accurate? Is that accurate? Right? It's just a natural response. They've done everything I've asked them to do the way that I've asked them to do it. What can I do for you? Right? Now, when they do nothing the way you asked them to do it, what's the natural response? You get nothing. <laughs> right or wrong? I'm just trying to show you God is no different. And so look at what he said here, and I'm just going to go ahead and, and bring this down. You can make this choice in Deuteronomy 30, verse 20 here. I want to show you something. I'm going to give you a master key, and then I'm going to give you some scriptures to read. We're going to get you out of here today. I'm going to ask the music department to kind of prepare themselves just so that as we end this series, we end it with worshiping God from my heart. Remember how he receives honor, right? It's not by what you say, but how you live. And so what we want to do is we're singing songs to make decisions within our heart to adjust the way we live so that our worship can be more powerful.
So now, he's saying here, you can make the choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying him, and committing yourself how firmly to him. So that word committing is key, right? Everyone wants to be in a committed relationship, right? Now, I know it's open, it's all kind of relationships today, right? But, but really, at everybody's core, they want to be in a committed relationship, right? How many of y'all would agree with that? So he says here, this is the key to your life. That is such a good parent. This is the key to your life. And then he says, if you love and obey the Lord, you will live long in the land the Lord swore to give to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So he said here three things about what is the key to your life. He said, love God, right? Then he said, obey him because that's the way he received love, receives love. But then he says, commit yourself firmly. So that means if he's asking you to commit yourself firmly, then you can be committed, but that commitment is not that firm. Everybody knows what this looks like, right? Right? I'm in a relationship, sort of. Hmm? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the next question. And what do you mean it's, it, you're in a relationship, sort of? It's complicated. So, I mean, anytime you have to explain it, it's probably not that solid. <laughs> See, what had happened was, everybody clear? So, this word firmly here means secure and solid, right? So, so he's asking you to commit, but be secure and solid in that decision, right? So, what you'll see, and I'm going somewhere with this. If we give an altar call, and it's okay, don't, don't get me wrong, it's okay. But the majority of people, if there are 30 people down here, 28 of them are rededicating their life to Christ. Which means they were once committed, but it wasn't firm. Right? And that's okay if you respond that way today. What you're going to do today is come and say, you know what? I'm getting ready to make this firm and solid. I'm not going back and forth no more, right? And it's going to be that one firm, solid decision that's going to help you in every single other area of your life. Now, let me give you this key. Go to Proverbs chapter 16, verse 3. I'm going to read first out of the Passion Translation and then out of the Amplified Classic, okay? <clears throat> Proverbs 16, chapter 3, out of the Passion Translation says, now, here's a master key for you, okay? Before you do anything, put your trust totally in God. So, so listen carefully. Before you take a job, before you get in a relationship, before you start a business, before you do anything, put your trust totally in God. But what does that look like? That means I need to find out everything that God said about what I'm getting ready to do. And trust his way in doing it. See, what we typically do is do what we want to do and ask God to bless it. Right? Right? See, most people, believe it or not, marriage is, I want a bed partner. I don't really want to find out what he said about that. We'll work on all that later. I just want a bed partner. And what you'll learn about marriage is it's much more than just that bed. 
I need a little better amen in here right now. I like to liken it to like almost like a woman is like a guard. Okay? What do I mean by that? If you don't cultivate that right, it won't produce nothing. All right? And so, and I look at a man like a farmer. Right? And so you have to really think about what kind of fruit, what, you, what do you want out of this garden? And those are the kind of seeds that you plant. Right? So you think about it. If you, if you give a woman a, a house, she'll make it a home. Right? If you buy her groceries, she'll cook you a meal. So, so whatever you give her, she'll multiply it and make it better. Is that accurate? Right? But, but watch this. If you give her poop, you're going to get a whole lot of <laughs> multiplied back in your life. Come on, I, I'm just giving you the real right now. Because that's what she does. She multiplies back what you give. So if you don't like what your garden is growing, change what you've been planting. Don't get mad at the garden. Come on, don't kick the dirt in the garden. Don't call the garden names because it's your responsibility to cultivate that and plant the right seeds. Look at what he said here. See, see, I want to use just another example. He goes on to say, in God and not in yourself. See, that's the whole challenge with people right now. It's, it's am I doing this? The way I want to do it, am I doing it the way he said to do it? Who do I trust, me or him? Right? Then notice what he says. Then every plan you make will succeed. That's a heck of a promise right there. Then every plan, he didn't say every plan he makes for you. He said every plan you make, it'll succeed. Why? Because you trusted me with it. Right? So I think back, we were only 20, she was 28, I was 30 years old, right? I met her when she was 24. She was just a puppy, <laughs> just a baby. So I've been able to groom her and train her all these years and bring her up. Now I got her just like I want her, you understand? I got the mic today. Now the next time she get up to speak, she'll do something with that and flip that around, right? But, but I got the mic today, right? And so I think she was 28, I was 30, young, right? And so we wanted to get out of debt. We knew we were going to start a family, and I could sit. I did a budget, and I could look at this budget and say, based off of the income that I make, we cannot send our kids to private schools, and I still take care of you and the household. And so we said, we looked at everything. We said, if we pay off this debt, then we can get that back as disposable income. And now with that back in the budget, we'll be able to afford to send the kids to the kind of school we want to send them to and head on down the road. Now, at that time, I was 30, she was 28, we were 220, what, a quarter million dollars in debt. It was just a house and a car, one house and one car, all right? Now, how many of you know that seems like a mountain, right? And, and so God helped us to pay that off. See, we trusted him, right, that he'll make your plan succeed. I think we had a five- to seven-year strategy. 
we paid off a quarter million dollars in two and a half years. Because he helped us. Because we trusted him with that. And so the problem a lot of times with people is they just think it's too hard. It's going to take too long to get there. Not when you learn how to trust him. He'll do it supernaturally for you, right? Because he's God. He's got to show you that his way is better than your way. And so whatever you put down on your plan, he has to show you he's better than your plan. Which is what keeps us serving him real hard. Everybody clear? Look at this out of the Amplified Classic. It says, roll your works upon the Lord, commit and trust them wholly to him, and he will cause your thoughts to become agreeable to his will. I love this. And so shall your plans be established and succeed. Isn't that good? Right? But what, is, what do you have to do? You've got to roll your works on him and then commit and trust him wholly with that. And then he's going to cause every thought and every plan that you have to supernaturally succeed. Okay? The other verses that I have in here, I want you to read them at your leisure, but they're all about really obeying the word of God, and God's going to cause everything that you do to be blessed. Every time you obey the word, he's going to cause everything that you do to be blessed. How many of you know that's a good promise right there? I said, how many of you know that's a good promise right there? Right? God loves you that much. Let's all stand to our feet. And now, I just want to, again, end this series with worship, right? Because the way he receives honor is not by what we say, but how we live. And so, we're going to worship God, and I want you to reflect, and I want you to make declarations in your heart about how you want to live and the type of choices you want to make from this moment forward. Go ahead and lead us, Mr. Bernard. Come on, hands lifted all over this place. We submit ourselves to you, Lord. Here I am, down on my knees again surrendering all I'm surrendering all you can find us here Lord as you draw us near with hunger and thirst and we're desperate for you I surrender, I surrender, I want to know you more, I want to know you more, I surrender, I surrender. I surrender, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, I want to know you, Lord, 
both hands towards heaven that's an act of surrender and I just want you to say these words out of your mouth say I surrender Lord say I want to know you more hallelujah just continue to stay in that attitude I just want to remind us that Jesus also had a choice Jesus could have stayed in heaven but he chose not to Jesus could have left us to die in our sins, but he chose not to. Could have caused seven legions of angels while in the Garden of Gethsemane, but he chose not to because he had you and me on his mind. He could have come down from that cross, but he chose not to. He could have chosen to allow me and you to be lost forever but he chose not to. And so knowing all of this, what choice will you make today? Knowing and understanding all that he's done for you and the choices that he made for you, now what choices will you make for him? Will you choose to love him? Will you choose to obey him? Will you choose to walk in his ways? Will you choose to serve him? And will you choose to worship him? The choice is yours. I've set before you today life and death, blessings and curses. But I'm encouraging you to choose life so that you and your descendants can live. Praise God. I trust that this message has touched your heart today. Listen, we don't claim to have all the answers, but we do know one answer and his name is Jesus Christ. So if you don't have a personal relationship with him today, we wanna invite you to do so. Or maybe you had one with him, but you've just gotten away and you're desiring to come back to Christ today. I wanna to lead you in a simple prayer today. If you would, repeat this after me. Put your hand over your heart and say these words. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died, rose from the grave, and he is alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. As a result of what I've confessed with my mouth and what I believe in my heart, I am right now born again and in right standing with God. In Jesus' name, praise God. We are so excited for you. We believe that today is the first day of the rest of your life. Congratulations, we are so excited that you made the decision to get connected to God. Thank you for listening today. 
If this message encouraged or inspired you in any way, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit us at linkedupchurch.com or download the Linked Up Church app. You can also watch live services, view past messages, and see our dynamic content for children, youth, and teens on our Facebook and YouTube pages. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Linked Up Church. And if you would like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at linkedupchurch.com or text get connected to 94000. Thanks again for listening. Have an amazing week, and we look forward to connecting with you.